first off we were overwhelmed by the response we received to the first episode uh we received a lot of like good feedback and some things that we could improve on and we were actually trending in some of the sports podcast charts in india which was very exciting for us uh aprudeem what did you think of the response we received yeah we received so many positive messages and encouraging messages uh about the 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 last episode that we put together and um, yeah it gives us some sort of encouragement to to go forward with a lot of content uh, so hopefully uh, so neil unfortunately couldn't make it for this particular episode but uh, rudra and i are soldiering on and hopefully we can continue this weekly yes i'm sure like uh, he'll be back next week <coughs> with uh, more of his insights and uh, all the things that he uh, contributes to the conversations but uh aprudeep this was also the start the last weekend was also the start of the english premier league any big moments that stood out for you um so as a man united fan there was just like a horrible weekend that was really really depressing <laughs> to see that it's like a very familiar post alex ferguson sort of uh, result so but yeah just keeping that trauma aside um i thought that uh, this uh this uh haland uh, for I, i wasn't expecting him to start so strong so soon so his two goals that was that was good i think uh, fulham got a good result against liverpool so that was that was pretty uh encouraging as well so hopefully some of the other i mean liverpool and city probably won't have a very easy run this season um apart from that even arsenal and spurs special mention they had strong starts too so that is true uh, actually spurs, i was arsenal had a, a tricky away tie to begin with so they they went through that pretty was like what about you rudra what were your sort of thoughts so the team that <clears throat> impressed me the most uh last weekend was arsenal you know hesus was quite impressive uh, with his you know agility and <clears throat> chance creations and everything martinelli uh, was also impressive william saliba on his debut at the back he did pretty well uh so arsenal looked like a solid team and man city actually looks like the team to beat almost like uh the story of every season now uh haland was very impressive as you said kdb was also his usual impressive self kevin de bruyne and you know as a united fan i want to speak less of that match like i'm looking forward to the next ones but yeah it was a good start to the you know weekend and one one moment which i want to you know recall is that uh fabian shar of newcastle united he scored a long ranger against nottingham forest which i feel would be a nomination for the you know goal of the season like it was an incredible goal if you haven't seen opportunity you should check that no, out no i actually missed that goal let me let me look that up and uh I'm actually very keen to as a, as a as a someone who has spent quite a few years in the gulf etc I'm kind of eager to see how Newcastle performs with the with the new management and new etc so interesting let me just check that out how what that sure. uh, goal was like yeah uh so after them today's theme for the episode is transfer market right uh that's what we decided that we would like pick as a theme and you know have some discussion around that obviously we won't go into the technicalities of that because we are not like experts in any way but we were talking about our, like our uh our favorite moments of the whole you know transfer market things that we have seen, that we have been seeing over the years and yeah like uh yeah let's let's dig into that so first things first uh 
any any eye-catching things from this season's transfer market for you? I think the overall, uh, again, uh, as a Manchester United fan, I think the the, the Frankie, Frankie de Jong uh, sort of saga is just uh, very painful to watch and looks like now Chelsea might be uh, coming in for a late swoop. So that obviously, I think, is sort of the overall theme of the uh, the whole transfer market this uh, season, transfer season. So, apart from that, I think like uh, a couple of uh, good pickups, like I think Holland for the for the kind of money that Manchester City picked yeah. him up for, seems like a really really good purchase because uh, he's definitely worth double that, if not. Uh, oh, so that was like a really good, yeah, very good purchase. And even like you mentioned, Gabriel Jesus by Arsenal seems to be like a very astute buy. Um, what, what, what do you think? Uh, these are some of the couple of like obviously these are the bigger yeah, clubs. I mean, uh, these seem like very astute purchases. The ones you mentioned were definitely the sort of the key highlights, <laughs> and also not to forget the whole uh, Cristiano Ronaldo saga, like whether he would stay yeah. at United, whether he won't stay. Uh, at at one point, like as a United, and United seemed to be in the like, news for all the wrong reasons. Unfortunately. Yeah, and uh, you know, at at one point, it, as a United fan, I almost felt like it's better that if he leaves. Then you know mm-hmm. the chemistry within the squad would be better. I mean, I just felt you know uh, that way. But yeah, let's see how uh, it. What ends, do you think you about know? some of the other uh, big fo- uh, big six clubs, so to speak, and any anything that caught your eye, or even some of the other clubs, any intelligent, uh, good, shrewd acquisitions that come to mind? So I think uh, Zinchenko from City to Arsenal was a good move. I saw mm-hmm. him play in the first match. He was mm-hmm. he, he made some good crosses like he was like fast on the you know on the flank, um, mm-hmm. yeah he could be one to watch out for in the Arsenal team, and I, I think actually... we were we were just discussing earlier as well there was this uh, you 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 mentioned that there was this uh, the the player that the midfielder that Liverpool acquired from Fulham as well I forget his name uh, you saying that he seems to... uh, Dejan Kolosevsky the 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 assist machine that you were talking about. Yeah, uh, yeah, he was pretty good. I mean, uh, and he had a good season in the championship as well, right? Last season, that is true. And also, right, okay, right. Oh, one player I have to, you know, specially mention, being mm-hmm. a former United player, is Andreas mm-hmm. Pereira uh, with Fulham. Mm-hmm. I thought mm-hmm. he was pretty impressive uh, in his uh, match against Liverpool. Mm-hmm. Like a nice free-floating role, right? I think. Uh, right. Sort of. Right. I, I, that's actually an interesting point. Like uh, one of the reasons, in fact, I had both. Uh, uh, I had a couple of Fulham players in my uh, fantasy team, and the reason that I went for them is that uh, this Craven Cottage is a tough place to go and play because it's the, the the crowd is so loud over there, and yeah. usually the pitch is small. So you know, any any they give any big team also a good solid game. So yeah, I hope I'm, I'm uh, eager to. Watch uh, Pereira play this season as well again with his Manchester United background, etc. Yeah, and also uh, let's not forget Darwin Nunes, uh, Benfica to Liverpool. Um, yeah, yeah, great signing, solid great start. Signing. Yeah, and solid start also, right? And uh, these uh, Liverpool and City were already uh, really good teams, and now they've upgraded themselves. So looks to be again like a similar sort of tussle going forward this season. Yeah, I think the one uh, to look out for is the Rabio to United. I'm not sure how much value you know he would add to the United squad at the moment. 
Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But yeah, it's it seems like it will be completed. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, something to I mean, as long as they get any midfielders, because currently it's like pretty uh, bare in terms of the options that uh, the manager has at United also. So the risk of making this a Manchester United uh, uh, only podcast, what, what oh, yeah. do you have in store today, Rudro? <laughs> okay. Uh, so, Pratim, like uh, talking of transfer market, what has been your top three favorite transfers of all time? Like from the time you started following football, what's been your like top three transfers like one that got you excited so um i think like in no particular order and you know uh, and maybe not like a, a top three per se i'll give like three and i'll try to keep it a little bit diversified and not have it manchester united focused only sure i think i'll begin with the first one i think uh, this uh, this move of uh, gareth bale from southampton to uh, tottenham hotspur so i think under daniel levy tottenham mm-hmm had a decent track record with their transfers. He's, he's a really good, solid negotiator. So um, I think the, the money that they made out of Gareth Bale's move from uh, Tottenham to Real Madrid was not very well spent. But ap- apart from that, they've always been really good in the transfer market. But that move was, was brilliant because I remember Manchester United were also interested in him at the time. But uh, for some reason, he moved to, to Spurs. And he was actually a left-back. And yeah. I think, I'm not sure under which manager he made that move to left wing. And of course, that whole, I mean, he was absolutely phenomenal. So that move was really good. I mean, Galpin is just like an excellent player. Um, yes. yeah. so that was one. So why do we do this? Let's alternate. So I, I go with Galpin first. What is your, uh, you know, let's run through your list as well. Sure. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's a good idea to alternate. So one of the, the transfers in recent years that got me excited was Jadon Sancho from Dortmund to United. Uh, mm-hmm. Like he was someone that United was eyeing for a, you know, for quite some time. Like I think from 2019, and obviously he uh, made his England debut. He played well for England, and like I was excited to see him uh, in the United squad. And although, like I don't think he has like quite performed lived up to his reputation yet. Yeah. 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 But I'm hopeful that uh, in the time to come, he would be uh, Manchester United great. Yeah, and I think also what helps is that he's sort of, I'm not sure whether he is he is from Manchester, but he uh, spent quite a lot of time at the Manchester City Academy too. So, yeah, helps to know that somebody actually jumped ship a good player from the blue half to the red half. So, yeah, that, that's, 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 that's a good one. And I definitely want to, there's still such a, bright future for the player ahead so that's in fact on that uh, on that point of routine you know, Dortmund has another English uh, you know exciting English prospect Jude, Jude Bellingham, Bellingham right yeah, yeah and yeah. I'm just waiting that you know when he returns to the Premier League which club would he sign for yeah uh, it's yeah. a matter of time I feel I remember this reading this uh, interesting part when I think he was so he was playing for Birmingham City prior to Dortmund and uh, he made the move from Birmingham to Dortmund in his teens only. And uh, he was so highly rated at Birmingham that they, that yeah. they actually retired his number. That oh, they, really? They think, yeah, look at the confidence. They think that he's nailed on to be like a really solid player. So 
player barely out of his teens and they've already retired his number. Yet yeah, uh, that's a good one. Uh, he's definitely someone to look out for, and probably perhaps an early shout for for uh, uh, a potential star at the the World Cup too. Perhaps June Belly. Yeah, uh, hoping the best for him. Uh, so, what's your second out for him? Yeah, so I think uh, I'll uh, I have to mention Manchester United. So my favorite uh, Manchester United transfer of all time was uh, Wayne Rooney. So I uh, and he was uh, following United for so many years. He was always he's he was my favorite player as well. So when he had that spectacular two thousand four Euros, and uh, after that United. Uh, Bought him, but it was like some in pounds, and perhaps it was around twenty nine point five million pounds, thirty million pounds, or something that range. From what I recall, so yeah, he was a spectacular purchase. Uh, the early promise that he he had shown, I don't think he quite lived up to that. But he's just yeah. gave so many years to United, you know, and whole prime, etc. And those were sort of like so many trophies and all of that. So definitely, like uh, uh, at the end of it, uh, that was a great. Great transfer. Okay, so uh, a personal anecdote here. So I love uh, Rooney too. You know, I'm a huge Wayne Rooney fan, and I watched him play live uh, in Cincinnati when he was playing for DC United in the MLS. And there's a YouTube video uh, of the half a highlight of him scoring a goal against Cincinnati, and I was behind the goal. I was the only person cheering, and it's actually on YouTube. I'll <laughs> send you the link sometime. Perhaps put it on the show notes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. If I can find it, I'll definitely put that in. Uh, nice, nice. But yeah, Wayne Rooney was another excellent signing at that point of time. I agree. Okay, my second would be. Uh, so this is like this was a transfer that kind of made me sad. I was like really heartbroken when David Beckham left United and went to Madrid. Like, you know, one of the reasons I started following United was Beckham. Like that whole class of '92 and the and the team of '99, uh, Beckham, Scholes, Giggs, and you know all of all of them. So when Beckham left United and you know moved to Madrid, I kind of felt really sad. So that was one transfer which I wished never happened, and Beckham continued to play for United. But yeah, good for him. I mean, it was a great move for him. And uh, it was like propelled him ahead in his career. Yeah, and I think that sort of he was part of that famous uh, Galacticos uh, sort of era as well. And uh, I don't think they, I think they sort of underachieved a little bit with all that that really strong team. I'm not sure whether Beckham won any significant trophies during his time at. Uh, I think he did. He did win the. He did win the league. Uh, he won the league, is it? But not the Champions League, no. I think they had a quite a bit of a, sort of a uh, balanced yeah, spell with the Champions yeah. League. Uh, yeah, they started winning the Champions League quite regularly when Ronaldo joined them. When so, Ronaldo moved, yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, I'm not sure whether he won the Champions League with them. Yeah, but that was uh, definitely, I agree. Uh, uh, Beckham's move uh, because even same story. I know we we sort of touched up this last week, Beckham was one of the reasons I supported United too. So it was really tough to watch him leave. So, but we, United managed to sort of uh, get Cristiano Ronaldo in those couple of years. So right. I guess like one great player leaves, another great player comes. So anyway, so moving on for me, 
I'll just switch things around a little bit. So my third was probably it's just in terms of so during my engineering years when I used to follow football the most uh, very religiously, and I had a lot of friends who supported Arsenal at the time. Yeah. So one of the things that I one of the one of the players that uh, I sort of had a love hate thing with was Thierry Henry. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, that that this background story is just so unbelievable. The guy he just he has just so much charisma on the on the field. And considering that I think if I'm not mistaken, um, uh, Arsene Wenger brought him on from uh, where was he with from? His memory fails me. From from in, uh, Monaco or from an Italian cl- uh, French club? And he was like a winger there, and uh, he did score like three goals at the '98 World Cup. Um, and for a pretty low amount, and then he brings him over to to Arsenal, makes him a centre forward, and he actually the rest uh, is history. signed from Juventus. Juventus, right? Yeah. And he was not a starter at Juventus, and uh, and yeah, and then he he came over to Arsenal, and then just became like a, a goal a goal machine completely. So yeah, Thierry Henry, I would say, because also like one of the legends of the Premier League. What, what what were your thoughts of uh, Thierry Henry? Thierry Henry was amazing. To watch. Like, he he is and, an absolute legend for sure. Especially and watch him uh, at Highbury as well. That ground was just mm-hmm. so much so much of uh, romance as a as a football club too. Uh, as as a football ground, that Highbury was a special place. I remember this goal he scored with a back flick kind of thing. Uh, mm-hmm. That was like. Uh, Amazing goal he kind of scored. He scored many goals, but yeah, that kind of yeah. His goals always had some elegance about it as well. Just pretty. And that team was so intimidating. Yeah, that strong midfield, Vieira, uh, you know, uh, in the midfield and stuff. So anyway, yeah. yeah. What was your uh, third uh, most uh, memorable transfer? So my third one has a bit of a story. So so, so in 2010. Uh, like I like this whole transfer story because of the whole, the weirdness and the crazy things that happened around it. So in 2010, Blackburn Rovers were about to sign Robert Leandowski. So Robert Leandowski at that point of time, in 2010, was playing for the Polish team Lech Poznan. I mm-hmm. might be pronouncing it incorrectly, but the club's name is uh, Lech Poznan, and he had scored 21 goals that season uh, for them. So Robert, uh, so Blackburn Rovers wanted them. They had talked to his agent, and everything was kind of almost done. They were signing him for four million euros, and Robert Lewandowski was about to fly in uh, and like meet the club and you know sign on, sign the terms. What happened was the Iceland volcano, due to which uh-huh. all flights were stalled. You know because of the ash coming out of the volcano. All flights were cancelled, okay, and he couldn't fly to England. So the day uh, there, he was supposed to fly in, it, he, it didn't happen. In the meantime, Borussia Dortmund came into the picture, you know, made a scoop for him and signed him, and they kind of stole him away from Blackburn. So that's one of my favorite transfer stories. Like Robert Lewandowski could have played for Blackburn. Incredible, but, uh, yeah. yeah. History had something else in store for him. That Borussia Dortmund uh, team with uh, Lendowski was one of my uh, favorite uh, PlayStation teams, and they were just so much fun to watch. Yeah. It was an incredible yeah. uh, team. Klopp's probably first 
uh, league title win also and uh, yeah, great team, great story. In fact, it's an interesting piece of trivia. I don't know whether there's any correlation. You you mm-hmm. mentioned Poznan. Uh, Poznan, uh, yeah, is a city in um, in Poland and uh, a painful uh, memory for Manchester United fans. Uh, do you remember that uh, last uh, sort of injury time loss to Manchester City in uh, to Sundle, uh that title that uh, City won? Oh, and 20, 2011, United right? Lost to, yeah, Aguirre, United lost yeah, United lost to Sunderland and Aguero. No, 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 United won against Sunderland, but uh, City won against QPR, if I'm not mistaken, yeah. with Aguero. And what yeah. happened is there's this dance that um, supporters in England do with their backs against the pitch. All of them, like, you know, uh, arms over each other and they mm-hmm. just jump up and down. So basically their backs are facing the pitch. So that's called the Poznan dance. Oh, so, okay. Not not really sure whether there's any correlation with the with the place in Poland, but yeah, I just uh, got reminded of that. Very interesting. Yeah. So, what's your third, Arpradeep? Yeah, I went through my top three, right? Oh, you, Tail, you finished it. Wayne Rooney, right. yeah. Thierry Henry. I think you've done the same, no? Yeah, I did mine. Uh, so, talking of Blackburn, another player Blackburn almost signed was uh, so in 1994, 95 when Blackburn had won the Premier League. So, Ray Harford, who was the coach of Blackburn at the time, he wanted to sign a 23-year-old, 23-year-old Frenchman who was playing for Bordeaux at that time. Any guesses who that could be? Oh, Zinedine Zidane. Yeah, I know yes. about this. But I think the famous line was, why do we need Zinedine Zidane when we have Tim Sherwood? Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, I don't know about that. Yeah. Tim Sherwood, yeah. England's finest. Yeah. Uh, anyway. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, I mean, I think that that particular, there, there are quite a few of these hits and misses in the transfer market over the years as well. Um, I remember Arsene Wenger claiming that uh, he, Arsene, almost came close to signings, Latan Ibrahimovic and Cristiano Ronaldo, Lionel Messi. And I guess uh, over the years, there might have been a lot of these uh, near misses by football clubs. Yeah. Um, in fact, talking of Zlatan, Zlatan uh, came for trials at QPR, you know, Queen's Park Rangers in 1998. He went for trials at Loftus Road. And one of the coaches there put in a very meaty tackle uh, on Ibrahimovic. Mm-hmm. And Zlatan got very angry and just left the trials. And like he was like, I don't want to join this club. <laughs> oh, that's interesting because, yeah, of course, Latan is like a character. So the story that I have heard is that uh, similar to this, but apparently why... This, so if you go a little bit deeper as to why Arsenal did not sign Latan Ibrahimovic or couldn't, is that uh-huh. they invited him for trials and they took him... So first he came over, they gave him a jersey like they do pictures and all of that, photos and all of that. So yeah. gave him a tour and then asked him to do trials and then Latan Ibrahimovic... At the age of 18 or something, when he was he was playing for Ajax at the time, uh, if I remember right, he apparently said like Zlatan doesn't do auditions. He refers to himself <laughs> in the third person, which he does a lot. Zlatan yeah. doesn't do auditions, <laughs> and, you know that that move never materialized. Uh, funny character. Uh, you know when he when he signed for LA Galaxy, he put out a full front page, uh, like a full page ad in the newspaper. Mm-hmm. Well, dear LA, you're welcome. <laughs> yeah, the guy is like really confident, <laughs> to say the least. 
So okay, what, are, so, what are the topics do we have in uh, place for today? So yeah, so moving on. Uh, okay, I got a very interesting question, and this is like a fun question. If you were a footballer, pick three club teams from any era that you would have loved to be a part of. Hmm, very interesting. Okay, uh, let's alternate. Or let's alternate with this as well. I, like I can, I yeah, can start if you let's want. Let's alternate. Actually, one more ground rule. Just to make things. Let's not uh, have any Manchester United sides. So let's just think a little bit out of the box and choose Fine. some other sides. Yeah. yeah All right. That, Good. Yeah. Okay. Uh, cool. Go ahead, Rudra. So I would have loved to be a part of that Galacticos team, which we had just mentioned some time back. You right. know, just to be part of a team which has Beckham, Figo, Zidane. Raul, Roberto Carlos at the back. I'm sure I'm missing someone. Uh, like, what a great team to be part of. You know, just to be part Raul. of that. Ra- yeah, Raul. Just to be part of that uh, would have been amazing. The kind of, you know, football conversations in that team. I mean, I would have loved to be part of the team, you know, to, to be practicing with them and to, to go on the field with them, to get an assist from these people if I was for, forward. Or, you know, like, just jostling around with yeah. them on the field would have been amazing. Plus all these legends of the game. And also, you could have uh, sort of uh, attended Ronaldo's famous uh, parties as well. Apparently, that guy really knew how to party well. Hey, yeah. you know, interesting story. Um, you know, you mentioned this. And uh, shout out to Dubai. And uh, it, it, many years ago, I think in 2014 or something, uh, my wife and I, we were at a hard rock cafe in... Uh, in uh, in Dubai, and lo and behold, Roberto Carlos was there. <laughs> and, oh, amazing! You know, yeah, and, and my wife recognized him. I was like, she's like convincing me, you know, this is Roberto Carlos. Uh, and I was like, no, no, this is not. You're mistaken. Okay, on a random weekday night in Dubai, there's no way Roberto Carlos is going to be there. Um, but anyhow, she. Uh, she she was utterly convinced, and then I looked closer. I was like, okay, yeah, this is him actually. So anyhow, we were very patient and stuff because he had a he had some security with him and stuff, and yeah. he was just there having a drink by himself. Um, yeah, but eventually we managed to gather the courage. Uh, it was thanks to my wife. She sort of you know went ahead and asked, can we take a photo and all of that? So we actually have a photograph of uh, us with Roberto Carlos, and it's on uh, Facebook. That is amazing. So, you yeah, have, I know you have a photograph with Ronaldinho as well, right? Yeah, yeah. That's another story for another day with Ronaldinho as well. Yeah, I randomly saw him. I bumped into him in, uh, in Dubai Mall. And we have individually hugged Diego Maradona in Dubai. Dubai has been very kind to us with football players. That Diego Maradona amazing. actually came over and hugged me. But I'll, I'll save that story for another day. Sure. Yeah. We can actually do an episode of, you know, footballers we have seen play live yeah, or met. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that would be fun. So, yeah, what's your... Okay, name? cool. My first team, yeah. I think I'll um, uh, I'll start off with a very highly functional team. I uh, I quite liked that uh, David Moyes Evertonian side, you know. I think, yeah, it's not very glamorous or anything. I, I always had a soft spot for these sort of uh, hard-working sort of football clubs that punch above their weight. That Evertonian side uh, also made it to the the top four uh, one time. They missed out on Champions League, I remember, because they got knocked out by uh, uh, Villarreal in the playoffs uh, that, uh, that you have prior to uh, uh, Champions League. But I don't remember which season, perhaps in the mid-2000s. 
that Evertonian team. So that was a that was a good team that had uh, good solid players like uh, Tim Cahill. Um, I forget some of the other. I think Leon Osman and Phil Neville, and so I had some solid players. So th- that was a good good team. And I Goodison Park is a very special. You know, uh, uh, place got Everton as a football club had real solid history. Um, yeah. So yeah, that would have been a good team. That would have been a good team that I would uh, be a part of. Yeah. Uh, actually, I wanted to ask what position I would uh, for a team like this. I would see myself being like a midfielder, uh, sort of. Uh, yeah, box to box. Hopefully, if I had the stamina and stuff. So yeah, that would be my first pick. What about you, Rudra? Any so, special memories of this this Everton team? Uh, I mean, I remember I used to watch them, but I don't really, you know, recall them so vividly. But yeah, they were not particularly a very memorable side. But it was just one of those teams that gave, you know, you, you got a good yeah. fight if you went to visited Everton and yeah. had, a, you know, you had your away match there. Yeah, and uh, you know, talking about the position, uh, if I would have been the if I would have been in the Galacticos team, I would have been, I would have loved to be a forward because. People who would have assisted me would be people like Beckham, Figo, Zidane. I mean, I literally had to stand in the front and wait for them to pass, and I would score. Goal. Yeah, yeah. And plus, <laughs> I remember there's this other player. There's another uh, blonde Spanish player called Guti as well. He was also pretty good. Yeah, with good through mm-hmm. pass, through balls, and stuff. Yeah. So, what's your uh, second pick? So, uh, my second team would be the 2005. team of liverpool the one which won the champions league mm-hmm. i have a lot of respect like even though like we are rivals i have a lot of respect mm-hmm. for that team mm-hmm. you know the, what they mm-hmm. did uh, especially with the comeback in the final and the whole campaign in the champions league uh, i do have a lot of respect for steven gerrard uh, so the team uh, I, i think the team had some interesting players you know uh, milan baros was there Harry Kuehl was there in that team. Luis Garcia. So Luis Garcia is one of my favorite players. You know, he played for uh, Kolkata as well in the Indian Super League. Man, that is the most random thing I've ever heard, <laughs> Luis Garcia. But anyway, go on. So, yeah, I think Robbie Fowler was also there. Xabi uh, Alonso. Xabi uh, Alonso is a good player. Yeah. yeah. Morientes was there. uh i think jamie carragher was also like you know starting out during that those times but it was a good team you know at the back it was uh, sammy hupia of uh, finland mm-hmm. and yeah it was like uh, an interesting team and uh, john arne riza was also there uh, important he used to take player. a mean free kick as well right that guy was exactly solid. Yeah, yeah yeah he was pretty good that was pretty solid team uh, cese was also there jibril cese uh, right 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 so I pretty think they, pretty they were The Champions League win outside, maybe they just uh, were a little bit. Uh, they were underperformers in the league, but solid team overall, right? Yeah, it was a pretty good team. Yeah. <laughs> so coming back to, by the way, uh, uh, Luis Garcia. I have seen Luis Garcia, uh, like like we had seen Roberto Carlos at a restaurant. I have seen mm-hmm. Luis Garcia in a restaurant in Calcutta, because he used to play for Atletico de Kolkata right. uh, in the Indian Super League. So. You know, once I was like uh, in this restaurant in Calcutta, and like he was there. What was the name I, of the restaurant? Uh, I actually went to the restaurant uh, in one of the five stars, either Hyatt or Shonarbangla, because that's where they would eat, right? Like, right, uh, right. Yeah, I was like there uh, with the family, I think. So yeah, I kind of saw him there from a distance. 
uh yeah it was like nice seeing him like you know uh seeing a champions league winner from a distance mm-hmm. in the, in, mm-hmm. in the same restaurant it was pretty good right so mm-hmm. i guess it's uh, my turn with the yeah. uh, the thing next so i went with everton I'm trying to think of what other clubs. I think I'm going to because uh, I followed more of uh, English uh, football clubs, so I'll stick to the the Premier League. I think the second team would be so this post uh, Thierry Henry, post Patrick Vieira Arsenal side. I quite like enjoyed watching that Arsenal team a lot. So they were they they were packed with all these very creative midfielders like Fabregas, Rosicky, Leb. And they had that 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 typical sort of template midfielders who were really highly technical, but mm-hmm. uh, perhaps didn't have a, like a strong fight in them in terms of so they got sometimes they got bullied and things like that. Especially I think against United, they were at the wrong end of some results. But that was a really good team to watch. Such intricate passing and um, uh, yeah, and then they had Robin van Persie as well. So that was a, that was a really really good team. So I, 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 that was a team that I enjoyed watching a lot. uh in the premier league era as well so definitely that was that yeah. i could see myself sort of perhaps playing in that team to um uh, yeah what about you and you so saw one... this particular uh, team i'm referring to not really the teams you're mentioning like i do recall i do remember them but i don't have much to add actually okay fair enough so so one team which i had a lot of respect for uh and i would have loved to be part of that team was that atletico madrid team of that 2014-15 when they won the league remember that team yeah uh, yeah that was a solid uh, team right uh, that was a great team yeah didn't that have uh, that player who moved to chelsea and stuff what was the center forward uh, diego, diego costa diego costa yeah yeah uh, yeah it's like forward, diego right? costa here are coke saul uh, right right Uh, it was a pretty good team. Uh, like right, right, it was right. a well uh, knit team. Coached as well, right? Yeah, Simeone uh, was a great. He's a great coach. Uh, and yeah, they. I think it was like after many years that someone apart from Barcelona or Madrid was winning the league. And mm-hmm. yeah, I really like that team. Yeah, I think that's they a solid, the, solid shout here. They reached the Champions League final as well when they lost to yeah. Real Madrid, right? Yeah, I think they they made it twice, no, over the years. Yes, uh, yeah. they lost twice to Real Madrid. Yeah, heartbreaking for them, right? I think especially the first time around when they won the league, probably should have. In fact, uh, it went to extra time and stuff. I think that was a pretty brutal finish. Uh, yeah, that, that's unfortunately like yeah, it's always uh, you know you can empathize with clubs like Atletico Madrid and. uh you know everton when they have such mm-hmm. uh, uh sort of uh you know when they have these neighbors who are just such sort of bigger historic clubs more successful etc living under their shadows always difficult that's a, that's a solid shout uh atletico madrid so i was actually uh, thinking whether my third would be that team the atletico de madrid team or mm-hmm. the Leicester team of 2015 16 which won the ah, league ah that's a yeah that's a yeah, great but shout. then i i already picked like two uh, epl teams so then i thought i mean no, sorry one right your first one, one was galacticos your yeah, first yeah. one was galacticos your second oh yeah then liverpool okay this liverpool, liverpool. Right. so i already picked yeah. liverpool uh, in my previous choice so we could do a special mention for leicester that was a great yeah, yeah. Uh, that was a that great was a, team such as well. a great team yeah yeah what a great story yeah great story great story i think we should do one uh, on the underdogs sometime you know and lester yeah. is probably the biggest underdog story ever 
and this Atletico team also could sort of go up over there. I think a lot of mention needs to be made for Diego Simeone for actually putting up a group of players to sort of because it's not easy to go up against Real Madrid, Barcelona. I mean, mm-hmm. apart from the monopoly on players that they have, it's just that the the financial deal. The, the media deal and uh, the way that the revenue sharing happens in Spain is very different from the from from the English Premier League. So the two of them get like a large chunk of the money. So it's that's that's really a great story, great shout. I think on that, I think I'll just quickly wrap up. I made a mention earlier, and I was just thinking while reflecting uh, to move away from the Premier League. I think the the third team would probably be the Borussia Dortmund team, which we touched upon earlier. Yeah, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. The one, the Lendowski, etc. That that team was really really good. I loved the way they played football. Um, I used to. Uh, and also, there uh, that's something on my bucket list to go and watch a match uh, at their stadium. Uh, it's like real uh, vocal, vociferous uh, support and stuff as well. So that was a brilliant team. I actually have so much admiration for the way Klopp plays his, you know, his quick, solid counterattack, that pressing and stuff. So that would be my third team. Yeah, that was a great team. Okay. Okay. Cool. Uh, that's fine. Uh, let's go for it. Let's. Uh, okay. Three, two, one. Let's go. Uh, okay, Aprote, moving on. Uh, I know transfer market is something that always like gives rise to interesting and weird stories. Do you have like some to share? Um, so, yeah, like uh, there's this, uh, you know, uh, I don't know whether Harry Redknapp is at it, but, you know, uh, uh, back in the day here, like, Harry Redknapp would. He also had when he, he was uh, managing Portsmouth and then Tottenham Hotspur. Uh, Tottenham Hotspur did pretty well. That team did pretty well. He was always like he stole. He had this uh, sort of a, a nickname called Wheeler Dealer, who keeps wheeling and dealing and <laughs> yeah. doing a lot of trades. And he had and he used to hate that nickname. But and also there's this funny thing like around. Um, Transfer season, the, he invariably some reporters on the final day would catch him in on the steering wheel in the car, and he would give his inputs about the transfer. So that's like I think that was mean like a lot as well. So that was one. Um, and apart from that, um, so I uh, used to you know during the summers when there's no football and it's boring, uh, I used to follow. I don't know if you did the same to keep a track of uh, transfer news. I used to go to this BBC. Uh, dot com and dot mm-hmm. uh, co dot uk and they had uh, a roundup of daily transfer news you know the transfer gossip and stuff so they would put the the sources of uh, you know where it's been picked up or you know these tabloids like Sun Daily, daily Mail and yeah, Mirror yeah. and News News of the World before it shut down so all these places and it'd be funny things like oh this so and so person just mm-hmm. you know landed in at the airport, oh, this so-and-so person is headed for a medical and things like that, you know, garbage yeah, news right. to make it for, make it into like, uh, to, to compensate for a slow news day. Yeah. So it's just some fun stuff during the, the transfer, uh, you know, the yeah, transfer it's almost market like, you know, like the, it's almost like paparazzi is chasing you, like, yeah, yeah, during yeah. that period. What about you? So one of the things which I had once uh, heard is that in 1978, Sheffield United manager Harry Haslam. Uh, so they went on a scouting trip to Argentina. I may be getting the year wrong. It's 1970s, basically. And they wanted to sign a 17-year-old Argentine, Maradona. Uh, and 
so they wanted to sign him for like for some amount but then they instead opted for Alex Sabella uh who was also an Argentine player and you know they didn't sign Maradona they signed Sabella uh so that was like one interesting uh you know one that got away kind of story uh i read mm-hmm. about the transfer market uh from like very early on from the 1970s uh so mm-hmm. yeah so they Sheffield United missed out on signing Maradona yeah Sheffield United i yeah that just sounds blasphemous right like Maradona <laughs> and Sheffield United <laughs> that's true it's, it's like probably the least glamorous city in in england sheffield <laughs> anyway but then uh, on yeah, that note i just want to i just want to say one thing that a lot of these scouts who go to south america uh, mm-hmm. pick actually pick out the players who kind of play for the mid table clubs in epl for example uh carlos tevez when he first came to the epl he played for west ham in 2000 uh you know that 5 6 period before carlos he moved tevez? to yeah that 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 whole weird ownership as well no he was owned by an individual company part ownership with i think he moved from corinthians in brazil uh even though he's argentine he's yeah. playing for corinthians in brazil yeah. and he had this whole thing where corinthians actually didn't own i hate to compare this like like uh, think of carlos tevez as a company mm-hmm. he, he was not owned completely by the club he had some partial ownership by a third party company so when united uh, west ham got into those negotiations i remember that agent it was kia so basically uh, they were representing him Yeah, yeah. So it was, but then uh, to be fair, Carlos Tevez had a decent uh, uh, reputation ahead of that move because uh, he had a good World Cup, no, two thousand six. So yeah, but great player, great player. Yeah, I, I think he had a fantastic season. No, saved West Ham from relegation that particular season too. Another, you know, that one that got away kind of story is uh, so Cardiff City manager Neil Warnock. Uh, like I heard him say in an interview once that. they wanted to sign like when he was managing at crystal palace in 2014 they wanted to sign van dijk for 6 million dollars uh mm-hmm. 6 million pounds from celtic uh, van dijk mm-hmm. playing at celtic but mm-hmm. then the chief scout at crystal palace said that van dijk was very slow and he should be signed and yeah i hope the scout has uh, kept his job still <laughs> yeah it's like really Yeah, I don't know what to say. Like, I have also heard some stories like this in the past where scouts have made some real, real uh, puzzling, uh, uh, provide some puzzling feedback, and yeah, just hope they manage to stick on to their jobs. <laughs> yeah. Okay. If uh, okay, if we can move on, I have got a few trivia like we did last time. Uh, are you up for it? Yeah, go for it. Go for it. Okay. So. you know like when players sign their contracts some of them put in like crazy clauses and crazy demands right so here's an interesting uh thing so when 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 the german forward jesipi reina reina moved to a german club armenia bielefeld bielefeld okay pardon my pronunciation but when he moved to the german club armenia in 1996 he had a very peculiar demand and i'm going to give you three options tell me which one of the which one of these was his demands okay first option hire a michelin star chef for his family 
paid for by the club build a house for him every year of the contract for every year of the contract third option have a separate restroom for him in the stadium and at all the training facilities i hope this uh, he was worth all this uh, effort um i know like the easiest one most uh, easy one seems like the michelin star uh, chef uh, cooking for him and the family but uh, Yeah, go, uh, reveal the answer and how how what kind of a self-involved so, gentleman was this guy? So the his demand was that the club has to build him a house for mm-hmm. every year of his contract. Right, right. And the club accepted. However, there's a catch. He didn't specify what size of the house he required or what he wanted. So the club provided him with a house made of Lego for the next few years. Oh brilliant that was that was really really good <laughs> any, any idea what was this performance on the pitch like <laughs> i have no idea i have to check that but i found this story hilarious and which which era was this Nine, 96 okay okay you still got away with stuff uh, in the 90s okay fair enough in, the, in this day of twitter and social media i think you know uh i think things would be different but you know what sorry just one uh, this say i think maybe not like a contractual thing and mm-hmm. we were talking about jaden sancho earlier i remember mm-hmm. reading that jaden sancho apparently doesn't trust the barbers uh, while during his time at dortmund so he didn't trust the barbers at dortmund so he would come back to england to get a haircut done so that's an interesting nugget yeah i'm sure like uh, he must have done that like So I mean, today is yeah. today is soccer players have private jets, so they can mm-hmm. pretty much do anything that they want. <laughs> true, true, true. The world is a lot smaller as well. Yeah, what's uh, the second one that you have in mind? So, uh, Dennis Bergkamp had a very weird. I know this one. He was scared of contract. flying. Exactly. Of flying. Yeah, yeah. That was a pretty right. famous story. Even Champions League matches, if they were too far, he wouldn't. Uh, he wouldn't go. You know, he wouldn't go, travel. Yeah, the team. He wouldn't go. Yeah. yeah. Only if it was by train, connected by train and stuff. Yeah, this was a very famous. Uh, But do you know yeah, why? Uh, why he didn't want to? Fly? No, I don't actually. Yeah, I don't know why. What's the so, origin? So uh, yeah, so it's a you know it's a sad story, and I'm gonna just mm-hmm. tell in short. So in 1989, uh, so Burkamp was just 20 then, and mm-hmm. there was a crash which happened that claimed the life of some of his Ajax. Uh, teammates oh, so right, uh, right. they were so the club i mean they were playing they were going to play in suriname and they were traveling by suriname airways mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. so the, the crash happened that claimed the life of claimed the lives of some of the you know young players in the club's academy right and so that kind of sort of for the reasons uh, like, yeah right That's fair. It's like if you go through trauma of that sort, that kind of makes sense. And and the interesting thing is that Burkham was supposed to fly in that same flight, but mm-hmm, he didn't mm-hmm. he didn't get the permission uh, to play in that uh, particular match from the club, so he had to stay back. So, right, right, right. Yeah, I mean, I can imagine why he wouldn't yeah, fly. Yeah, fair enough. That makes sense. Yep. So we are almost at the R mark. This was a good fun conversation yeah sounds think? good and yeah we had a good solid uh, conversation talking about transfers some of our memories 
and uh, yeah i think uh, maybe i can just insert what we can look forward to next week so yeah. next weekend is uh, probably england's biggest match historically you've got the two most successful clubs playing each other um, liverpool at manchester united hopefully united can you know show some spirit and fight and yeah uh, on the basis of that we will be discussing uh, our memories around and you know our thoughts around some of uh, football's biggest rivalries and we will be talking about the manchester united liverpool match doing a bit of a preview yeah absolutely and i'm looking forward to it i hope we get some non manchester united people on the podcast episode as well <laughs> yeah we definitely need need neil to provide some balance with his uh, you know his support for liverpool absolutely yeah so yeah that this was a good episode uh, thank you for joining and thank you for joining off prothim and thank you to all the listeners um yeah we'll be back with another episode next week keep listening and thank you for following the podcast and supporting the podcast